Caution. Learning in progress. Welcome back to another episode of Smarter Every Season. This is Paul Harms. Today in the studio, I am all alone except for my guest, which is Justin McMenemy. Uh, I know we've talked about bringing him on before, and we finally get a chance to match up schedules and bring him in into the studio. How are you doing today? Doing good. Excellent. Doing good. So Justin McMenemy has the distinguished title of Director of Product for Precision Planning. That does not describe what he does here. Can you can you explain it a little more for us, for our listeners, what what you do, what you do for Precision? Yeah, I, I think uh, one of the things that when I think about my role at Precision Planning, the first thing that comes to my mind actually is culture. You know, whether it's uh, years ago working as a product manager of Delta Force or whether it's interacting with dealers, for me, the culture is is really the the number one thing that I focus on a lot, um, and so with that, it to me becomes about relationships, relationships with engineering, relationships with purchasing, product support, quality, the operations, our dealers, our customers, and and really understanding as as much as I can about just how we as a business continue to bring better solutions to the growers and be easier to work with with our dealers. And so it is, the title is Director of Product. I think it was like two years ago they asked me what I wanted my title to be and I looked up on Google <laughs> some titles and that one seemed to, to be fine. Uh, but, it, you know, kind of the role that I have, kind of the X's and O's of it, is that um, really as we, as we grow and as we bring more people into the organization and we bring more dealers into the into the network and, 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 and expand internationally. We want the product from the moment it's first thought about of a p- future project all the way to it coming into the market. We want that to be thoughtful. We don't want there to be a, a product a product research team and a product development team and a purchasing team and a product support team and an operations team. We want that to be one continuous group that, that really is, is working to the end goal of improving the customer's livelihood. And so that's what I spend most of my time doing is, is just really kind of interacting with those teams and setting up interactions amongst those teams so that we, we stay on the, the same page, which is really aiming to help the grower. And, and, and I know you've, you've fostered a lot of opportunities or created a lot of opportunities for us across departments, across roles and what we do in our jobs to interconnect and, and interact and find ways, business and non-business related, to build those relationships. Mm-hmm. And that's going back to a quote of yours. I don't know, is this your invention or if you got it somewhere, but it's the information flows along relationship lines. Yeah, I don't remember if I invented it or not, so I probably won't take credit for it, but it's so, my experience in my career is that's totally true. Org charts... That's not what defines how information flows. That's not what defines how things get done. It really is relationships. When you sympathize and empathize with a person because you know the challenges that they're going through, the prioritization just it bubbles up, right? Because we, we, we fundamentally want to help others. And, and uh, you know, I, another phrase that I use, I, I think I might have invented this one, I don't know, is that with the right people, 
almost any org chart could work. With the wrong people, there almost is no org charts that work. And, and so I, I view it very much the same way, is that the air between us, the, the, the relationship that we have with one another, is what sets the pace, the culture, the importance, the prioritizations. It isn't a spreadsheet. It isn't a workflow document. It isn't a, a, you know, even a, a strategy document. That, that's not what drives human behavior. What drives human behavior is, is often about helping one another and, and, and feeling like the team is, is pulling for you as well, pulling and for, it's, for us. And it'd be the flip side as well. That relationship not just drives the empathy but it also gives you the, the confidence and the, and the strength of relationship to challenge. That's right. And say, no, 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 you can, or, or can you do better, or, you know, to push that challenge out. And that's fun, too. Yeah, totally. Uh, you know, I think, you know, I've, I've worked for other companies, and there's a lot of companies out there that really their presentation to the world is that they're perfect. You know, the, the, the way they talk about themselves, the way that they communicate with their customers is, no, we're perfect what went wrong with you, right? Like it, it kind of that sense. And, you know, I always make the joke that that's kind of what most politicians do too. They've never made a mistake. I think for myself personally, and then also for precision as well, just very much, we aren't perfect. We, we, we desire, just like our customer, we desire for that perfect stand. We desire for that, that 99.9% singulation. There's years where, where we don't do that. The way to get better is to, on our products, it's to have a sensor that shows you when you need to improve and you need to make an adjustment in in, in our product sense of, of what products we work on and in our product line sense, that sensor is a relationship. That sensor is a relationship with the sales team. That sensor is a relationship with the dealer channel. That sensor is a relationship with the customer channel that that, that is going to say, hey, it needs to improve. It needs to get better. We need to we need to do this and that. And so for me, the relationship is how information flows. And whether that's from department to department or whether that's from through the dealer channel, it, the way that we get better is being candid and transparent about when we aren't better and how we should get better. And, and you know, there are times where certain people uh, will take and poke a stick into your, <laughs> into your wound. It happens every once in a while. But for the most part, candor and transparency and honesty lends to a relationship that someone says, hey, let's, let's get better together. Let's, and, and that's not just employee to employee. Like I said, that's with dealer channel. That's with the customer base as well. And so I actually spend most of my time, you know, kind of how are we going to get better? Whether it's a, a, a discipline at precision planning, like product support or engineering or Myself, my own personal <laughs> self, is how do I get better? How do I, and, and it, the part that I love about it is it totally lines up with what our products are attempting to do for our customer. Like our, our customer is fundamentally wanting to get better every year. You have to do that through sensors and then through control if there's an opportunity for it. So Information, start making better decisions. Exactly right. Get the tools exactly. and, the, and the trusted advisor to come in and coach you. That's right. Yeah. So you mentioned you started with us uh delta force what time range did you come in yeah 2013 is is when i when i joined um you know kind of a funny story maybe it was it wasn't but you can look back with it It i can look back and and look and laugh at it 
And so I, uh, I actually reached out to, uh, to Derek Souter in 2011 and, uh, and said, hey, you know, I'd like to, to come work at Precision Planning. And just the timing wasn't right. The, the projects didn't line up. And so. And you would have been city kid. Yeah. Quarter acre fescue farm in the <laughs> northern suburbs of St. Louis. Right. And so I think Derek kind of looked at me and said, that guy's got some shiny shoes and uh, <laughs> doesn't know singulation from a hole in the ground. And so uh, and so a year later, 2012, I called him a second time and I said, hey, man, I really want to come work at Precision Planning. And uh, so that time, by that time, Doug Souter had come and joined uh, the business. So I met with Doug and Derek and uh, same thing. Didn't quite line up. Projects didn't didn't totally line up. And uh, 2013 comes around. You know, I'm a, if nothing, I'm persistent, right? So 2013 comes around and... Were we the only company you reached out to in 11 and 12? I was, yeah, yeah. But in 13, I, I called and I just said, hey, guys, I'm leaving. I'd love to work at Precision Planning. If you got a spot for me, I'd love to join. Otherwise, don't worry, I'll stop calling every year. <laughs> and, hey, come on down and, and do an interview. And so I did an interview with a number of, of engineers. And, and I remember very distinctly, I mean, Doug Souter asked me the question, you know, what, what is it about precision? And I said, for me, I want to work at a place that I enjoy the people that I work with. I enjoy the products that we make and the customers that we make them for. And for me, candidly, and even in those, in those conversations, I said, the, I'm willing to take brand new engineer salary I'll start over. I'll start my career over to come to a place that I enjoy who we work with and what we work for and, and, and who we work for. And, and so really for me, kind of this culture thing is I've seen the, the way that it doesn't work at other places. So there was never a whiteboard where, where Justin wrote down, my, uh, the culture I want is this, this, and this. It was more a, I'm going to avoid that. And that. Yeah, I, th- I think, I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I had acute experiences that I did not think were, it didn't lend towards innovation, it didn't lend towards honesty, it didn't lend towards transparency, it didn't lend towards candor, mm-hmm. you know, the, the kind of the old, hey, don't stick your neck out, that's the first one they shoot, right? Like that, <laughs> that kind of, uh, that kind of thought process. And so I, w- I would say I, I was greatly convicted that that was not how it should be. And come into precision planning and seeing that, by and large, the business had been run very differently. And, and being able to come into that environment and then continue to water that environment and continue to grow that environment. And, and really, you know, as we grow and as we increase in size, to me, I view it as a grand social experiment of, of companies turn into big companies at some it, point. It didn't and start off as a big company. Exactly right. And so, so I, I view this very much personally, and, and I know Justin Kaufman feels the same way. It's like this business being who we are is, is, is the most important aspect to it. And any growth that is a byproduct of that is welcomed. But sacrificing that at the expense, sacrificing that at the hope of growth is just it's not calculus that I'm at all interested in participating in. And so I've been I've been just amazed and humbled at at the the precision planting 
arc over the last nine years uh, that that I've been here, and I and I the arc before I got here is amazing too. I just the, the arc of the last nine years has been absolutely amazing, and for me to kind of see that in the as, as other podcasts have said, you know, there was a lot of times in the last nine years it was like, oh, this isn't going to go, well. go well. They're going to change. They're going to become like this, that, or the other. It's been awesome to to see that, and and I would say that is my that is my that's my passion. That's my desire. That's my goal. Is is that as we as we mature, that we we stay kind of who we are. You know, I, I use I use the analogy. My son is eight years old. He looks different than he did when he was eighteen months old. He's physically bigger. He's you know, but his DNA is the same. Like like his person is the same as he was when he was 18 to 8. And so it's not that we're ever going to stop changing. There's always going to be some change. Hopefully not. That change is something I think a lot of us here are so excited about is that change is hoped to be in a positive direction or in a growth direction. That's right. Sometimes that change is a negative, and that's where we get to learn the (laughs) most. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, so I'm, uh, you know, you ask about just being the director of product. I I am not the smartest guy in the room. Never have been by any means. My my desire is to help ask the questions, foster the conversations, encourage the research, encourage the the risk taking in the right environments, uh, so that the smartest people in the room have the freedom and the autonomy and the safety to unleash their brilliance onto the onto the industry. So I can share one back with you. I think one of the first two or three meetings I had with you, I remember walking away and sharing with a coworker, is that guy a psychologist or an engineer? I, I, you have one of the, the most interesting approaches, and it's, and it's the complete opposite of what the, the, the stereotypical engineering approach to things are. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, I mean, it's a funny story in some senses, right? I mean, so I, I grew up, uh, neither of my parents were college educated. Dad, coming through the 80s and into the 90s, he, he realized like, hey, my kids need to go to college. And so I, I distinctly remember like 10th grade, like, hey, you're going to college. Well, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't even, <laughs> I was disappointed to find out that school wasn't over at 12th grade. Like I thought I was going to be done at, at 12th grade. And so I, as a sophomore in high school, I took the same quiz that every sophomore took, which is like a 500 question bubble box thing of like, do you like making picture frames? Do you like petting sheep? Do you like, I mean, there's all these random yes or no questions. And I'm just a dumb 10th grader filling them out. Like, do I want to go to the zoo? Do I want to? And so I, I remember very distinctly, like sitting in the counselor's office as she opens the envelope to tell me what I'm supposed to do the rest of my life. And she's like, well, it says here you should be an engineer. I had no idea what an engineer was. <laughs> like, I, uh, I, uh, I thought I was going to drive trains when she said that. <laughs> I, that's the only engineer I realized. That really, it's only to blame her that I'm in engineering, went to engineering school and I'm an engineer. Maybe I should have been a psychologist or, or something else. I don't know. Accountant? Who knows? I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I never knew that story. That's hilarious. Yeah, I, I, it is completely by the knowledge of God, the grace of God, that I'm here. Because I, I just kind of bumped along is all I've done. So that test must have been a, a larger school district 
form yeah. the 32 other class members that were in my high school. Right. Not graduating class. That was high school. Uh, we did not get that. You test. didn't take that no. test. No. Yeah, I can't. I can't think of any test like that that would have. And and who you are at that age. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's nutty. Yeah, I couldn't even make the right decision on lunch at that time <laughs> in my life. So, um, going a little further on, you you come in right around the time of Delta Force yeah. V Drive. Uh, you're owning products. You're you're growing with us. Your day to day focus was much more product focused then, mm-hmm. or much more culture and and business strategy. Mm-hmm. What keeps you up at night? I know we've we've covered heavy on culture, but yeah, what keeps you up at night? I think in, in a lot of ways, over the last number of years, and and Lord willing, over the next number of years, we will be in a position to help more growers with with our products, whether those are new products in the marketplace or whether those are new marketplaces, like uh, an international uh, marketplace, for instance. And and so for myself, one of the things that I, I spend a lot of time thinking about is just how, how do we grow broader, meaning know if if we sell x number of e-drives this year and another number of e-drives next year and a bigger number of e-drives the year after so that's that's a broader aspect but then also how do we get better at the same time how how do we how do we um better at product support how do we get better at equipping the dealers how do we get better at our product quality and you know i think about the, the analogy that i use there is like when i was in when i was in high school and when i was in college and i was playing baseball the coach may come to you and say, you know, you need to get stronger. Or he might say, you need to get faster. If he came to you and said, you need to be stronger and faster, it meant you might not be on the team next year. <laughs> but but stronger and faster are usually opposing. Exactly, right? That what one exercise would you do that you get stronger and faster? Now, I'm not a physical fitness buff. Maybe there is one. I just wasn't aware of it. was engineering one. school, not psychology, <laughs> right. not kinesiology. Right. <laughs> And it was engineering school baseball team, too, so keep oh, that in the okay. – <laughs> like, so we weren't that good either. <laughs> but, you know, in my mind, the, you know, the weight room is where you get stronger and the track is where you try to get faster, right? And so the, if you are trying to get stronger and trying to get faster at the same time, there's a lot of activities that you need to do, and you need to balance those activities so that you aren't getting faster at the expense of stronger or stronger at the, offense, at the expense of faster. And in a lot of ways – getting broader and getting better at some level have a similar kind of there's not one thing you can do to do that you know in in the product sense a very real conversation that we have with with dealers and with regional managers and with growers on a regular basis is do we invest our time in fixing this issue or adding this feature you know, they, for you pick your rant, you pick your product. Mm-hmm. There's there's some place and some customer and some sequence of events that led to a problem, and we can invest and we can try to make sure that that doesn't happen again. There's also a lost sale or a lost opportunity by not having a feature, and we could invest our times to do that. And that's a balancing act, and it, and it's an inexact calculus that goes into that balancing act. You know, we, if we if we took all of our resources and said, "Man, we are just gonna 
get better. We're just going to take quality to infinity. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. But we just won't have any time to do anything new. And at the same time, there's been other times and other places and other companies that said, hey, what's done is done. Let's, we're only working on new stuff. And that, that's, not a, that's not the right calculus either. And so back to the kind of relationship and communication flowing along relationship lines, like that is how we run that calculus. I mean, it, that I cherish an open relationship, an honest relationship with our product support team and our sales team and our engineering team and our purchasing team and our dealer network and our customer base because all of those kind of, in, all that information kind of goes into the, the calculus of what is, what is the investment strategy of the next year as we look at product improvements, product expansions, and, and new products. And so that, that, that isn't something that you solve. That, that's not something that you, you're done working through. It, it's not like, That's oh, a continual. Exactly. It's, it's a constant conversation. And so another, another phrase that I like is, is the term the curator. You know, a curator of a of a, uh, a library or a curator of museum doesn't ever just say, yep, here's what the museum is. It's done. They're not just polishing the frames. Exactly. They're, they're coordinating they're, what's going to come in next. What's coming in next. How do, we, the best. how do we experience it? How do we, and so I like that, that curation You're the concept. curator of culture here at Precision Planning. I, I would say that they, they wouldn't put it on my business card. <laughs> I, I think that would have been a more appropriate title. Uh, not that I'm negative on the director of product title by any means but i, I if, if you were to ask me like that's what, what you is, get out of bed for everyone. exactly right that's exactly right is is uh curating the product line and curating the culture and those things don't end that's that's not a project that ends it's it's a project that evolves from from year to year you know there there have absolutely been years where we have through conversations with tickets that came in and conversations with sales team and conversations with dealers and conversations with customers. There have been times, years, absolutely, where we have slowed down new features and new products to shore up that which we've already done and, and the issues that we have in the field. And those are awesome. Like, that, that, that's, that's, it's not awesome that we had a problem, but it's awesome to have an organization in which those conversations can happen and those conversations were not in the spirit of throwing arrows. Usually, in a large organization, my experience was you do find about the issue in the field, but it comes at the end of a barrel. Nice. <laughs> not not a someone who's coming to you saying, hey, we're in this together. Let's get out of this together. Let's, how do we work together to, to resolve this issue? And, and you know, another phrase that I use a lot is the, the, the guns pointed downfield. You know, I, sp I spent so much of my time in my career at, at other organizations in which just getting shot up by your own team, by your own leaders, by your own play, the guys on your side, and, and just so much ammunition was used down trench that nothing was actually going downfield. And so that's the thing that we talk about a lot at Precision Planting is just, keeping the guns pointed downfield and not at each other, but at the problem. We're, we're all together. Every person at precision planning and, and, and that extends to the dealer. It extends 
is really here for the customer at the end of the day. And, and the customer, the, the proverbial customer, is as served if he doesn't have a problem as he is if he has a new product. And, and trying to strike the balance between those two aspects is, I, I love the calculus. It's I, hard. I, I, it, it's yeah, not easy. Exactly. And, and it, there, there's never a day in which everybody's happy, right? That, that's, that's the, it's kind of like the thermostat at church. As long as you've got Half as wearing. many people cold, <laughs> as many people hot, it, it's the best, the best you can do. There's a good analogy that, that happened a couple springs ago. One of, my, one, of our, one of our team in product support was really frustrated at a decision that an engineer made somewhere along a design path. And I got I got to be part of that conversation where they were trusting me with that that frustration mm-hmm. that, that that anger, and it was the heat of spring, a lot of tension, a lot of stress going on, some sleepless nights just because of personal time. We get to this point, and, and my coworker shares, well, I think that was a bad decision, and I and I really am upset about that. Not stated so many words, but that was the emotion. And it took the challenge back of, you know this engineer. We've worked together for a long time, right? This goes back to your relationship. Do you think they would have done that intentionally? Or if they did, would they have a good, solid reading, reason? Yes. Do you trust that person? Yes. Okay. And there changed the emotion of, okay, if I step back, realize I do trust that person. If he did make a mistake, I'll, I'll, I'll back him. We all learn from those mistakes. If he did it, then there was probably a really good reason they did that, made that choice. Maybe it was a ch- best choice above bad dis- options. Yep. But that changed the narrative, and it was it was easy to reset the conversation very quickly from anger at, at a bad situation to, okay, I can help my coworker out, I can help my yep. friend out, and, and work through those. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, in particular with our business in the Northern Hemisphere in the United States, uh, the spring is a wild party. I mean, it's it's running, it's gunning. There's, there's, there's a lot of miles on trucks. There's a lot of minutes on phones. There's a lot of lack of sleep. There's, yeah. there's, there's little sleep sometimes. But there's no and, better time to learn and get experience. And, and, and I think there are times, and I, I fall into the exact same category, where uh, a bullet whistles by and you can convince yourself that was aimed at me. Yes. Like you can convince yourself that they're trying to shoot it. <laughs> and you know, I, I've been on numerous calls where I, I talk to a, a dealer, and you know, he, he's driving home at eleven thirty at night, and he's convinced that uh, somebody shot at him. And and you know, the the thing there is to sympathize, to empathize, and to to listen to the, the the story and understand it uh, and and be better next time and mm-hmm. and you know usually those conversations as they as they finish a person says ah, I, I, nobody shoot I understand nobody's shooting at me but I just needed to make yeah. sure you knew I was over here getting shot at so <laughs> we can we can re-aim and so so yeah it, it is to say that to your point exactly like you said there's some pretty stressful times. I mean, this is a stressful industry to be in because it's go time, it's go time. And uh, to to be in business and be in relationship with people that you know are trustworthy and people that you know understand not just their own view of the world, but the, 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 the position and the, the, the lens with which others are watching, it's an important aspect because – 
you know, in the industry we're in, man, if you get left hung out to dry, it, it can be really hard, really painful. And so that's, I mean, that's, that's what our, my focus is, you know, like, as always, I I know that there are, there are times where, I mean, we're not perfect. We're not, we're not perfect, but we want to continue to get better. We do want to, you know, to the name, we want to be smarter every season in product design, right? I mean, and, and our customers want to be smarter every season as well. So what are some tools or tactics that you use to help Justin get smarter every year or to continue to improve? What are, what do you use to breathe into yourself on that? Yeah, I mean, for me in particular, it's uh, it's talking to people. You know, I think I think one of the temptations of an organization as it gets larger and larger is to go towards pure metrics and just look at the synthesized data and make decisions off of averages. And the reality is, is people aren't averages. Experiences aren't averages. And, and so the, the thing for me is, as, as we, as I change roles over years or as, as, as we expand into other countries or expand into new product segments and things is doing that work of burning the shoe leather, being at the farm shows, being at the dealer training, being at these places to, to sit down, share a meal and, and hear hear the the reality of the situation and for me that's that's been the the key focus and and I don't remember who it is but I I forget who it is I think it's Bain through uh, founders mentality talks about as an organization grows it starts to manage to the average and just the the trap that that is the, the, the trap that average metrics and averages are the world isn't averages the world is is individuals and and knowing the customer and designing to the customer and improving issues that happen to customers like that that's where kind of the who we are is who how we stay that way yeah, we never try and go for the averages because that actually means half of yeah, the, those numbers have to come down. That's right. And that's not, yeah. it's not moving us all in the right direction. Right. And so, so yeah, that's that's for me. I I would say, and in every every leader within precision planting, one of the phrases we use and we use it across: if your boots aren't dirty, you're not doing your job. And and that what that means is we don't just look at the email, we don't just look at the spreadsheets, we don't just look at what the averages are, you go, you see, you touch, you feel, you experience it. And that's, that's whether it's product manager, whether it's product support, whether it's in operations, it's to, to know the customer. As we get bigger and bigger, I can't know all of them, but it's to, to stay connected for myself personally. You asked me about me personally. Mm-hmm. For me personally, it's to stay, stay connected. connected and not, not manage from an ivory tower. Because that's a that's a temptation that at large organizations, it seems easier. It seems better to, and it probably is actually easier to just m- hold to your calendar and not yeah. segregate yourself away to go get that time that that connectedness. Yeah, easier to just let those come to you and right. And I just I I've experienced too much at other organizations where those decisions aren't helpful to the customer. And so for me, my my biggest conviction both for me personally in the roles that I'm in as well as for every person within precision planning is that we we just 
we should never get to the point where we're just focused on ourselves or we're just focused on what the the numbers say but we really need to be always talking to the people that that are ultimately the customer and and the dealer nice so it's been a great chat i appreciate it but just in in reference of time or or in respect of time any parting shots any any last bits of wisdom you'd like to share with us no, I mean, I, 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 I'm excited about what the next years bring. You know, I, I've been here for nine years. My, I, I still remember to this day my, my first days at Precision Planting. Like the first, the Monday I started Precision Planting was. The you have a first day horror story. <laughs> my first day horror story was uh, I came in after the Thanksgiving weekend where V-Drive and Delta Force ran on the bank. Oh. And so, so kind of my first day, Doug Souter says, hey, welcome. Uh, you need to figure out how to build 20,000 V-Drives. And I said, <laughs> I don't know what a V-Drive is. He said, well, you're going to need to find that out too. But it is Start to say. Start there. We'll <laughs> get to the number later. Right. I remember, like I said, I, I didn't come from ag, right? I, I, I grew up in the suburbs of St. Louis. My grandfather was in ag. Uh, and in the 80s, he sent his sons out of ag. He said, go leave eggs to make a living. That, that was his advice to his his sons. Um, Have you since gone back to Grandpa and said, ha I'm back? <laughs> uh, he's under the ground, oh, so I'm he sorry. wouldn't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Uh, he wouldn't know. Oh. Um, uh, it, it is to say that I remember going to that winter conference at Five Points, and it was the winter conference of – V-Drive Delta Force is launched. Speed Tube and V-Set Select is announced. And there was a whole bunch of other stuff, and there's, you know, there's opinions on what that winter conference was and wasn't, and I think the Climate Corporation announcement was close there, and yada, yada, yada. But I remember sitting in the parking lot after that winter conference thinking, we're on to something. Like, precision planting is on to something. And I've only been here 45 days, but I am pumped about the the retrofit first approach, the the farmer focus, the like just the the DNA of the company product development, and to to think about from that January of two thousand and fourteen to where we are today, so much has changed, but so much has stayed the same. And as I look over the next three or four years. I have a glimpse into what we desire to do and hope to do and expect to do, but I don't for a second have the, the expectation that I could predict what, what all is going to happen. But like I said, my desire, Justin Kaufman's desire, the leadership of the organization's desire is to, to stick to the DNA, to stick to the culture, and the product is a byproduct of that. The growth, if it comes, is a byproduct of that. And and that, for me, that's exciting. For me, that's exciting. Well, it's a blast to be a part of it. And I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, uh, absolutely. For all of our listeners out there, if you do have any additional questions for Justin or critiques for the show, any feedback or great ideas for next guests, please share those to us at SmarterEverySeason at PrecisionPlanning.com. We enjoy having Justin join us today and continue getting a little smarter every season. We'll